0: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Alan Joaquin. Now, is it Joaquin or Joaquin? I keep mispronouncing.
1: Joaquin. Kind of like uh, Akim Olajuwon from the uh, Houston Rockets. I was going to say Joaquin Phoenix, but... Well, yeah, you could... Uh, He's a good actor, man. You got to give people the ones they know. Hey, you know, he would have been the perfect Indiana Jones... Uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, they had that TV show that was on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And they, they used somebody else. But, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is great. Uh, terrible ending, though, for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: him, him and Heath Ledger. I thought both of them were, like, great actors. And to see them both go the way they did.
0: Well, for people listening, we've already done basically almost a two-hour discussion on some serious topics. Um, that kind of lead into what his co-host, Dustin Bass, um, they host a podcast together, The Sons of History. Um, they talk all, all about these historical topics and things a lot of people, um, don't really kind of pay attention to, which is kind of, uh, seems like it kind of can predict the future a little bit, but also you doing your uh, lives as well, trying to educate people on some of the stories that we don't hear
1: about in school. All right. I have my, uh, Tuesday night, uh, history live. It It is a live broadcast. It ranges between 30 to 60 minutes, depending on what the topic is and how much information I have to, uh, convey. But, uh. It's on Facebook. It's on our Sons of History page. It's actually The Sons of History. If you go to The Sons of History, like us, and then at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, um, on every Tuesday night, I have a a live broadcast. Now, sometimes I'm a few minutes late, so if it's uh, five minutes after, you know, forgive me, but uh, um, I have to I have my wife who comes in who has to help me set up, and she has to leave work early just to come and help me. So,
0: well, like I mentioned before, my buddy Robert Dumont, who uh, follows you guys, and he really loves uh, the conversation which you guys talk about too, a lot of the stuff. And I kind of want to dive right into the meat and potatoes since we've already basically talked for two hours, and now I we we have to redo this because Zoom, I guess, didn't like our conversation. But I guess not. The whole factor is where do you see society going, man? We went through all of this crazy stuff, and it seems like it, we're still not even a quarter of the way through it. Everyone's always talking about here's the second half of 2020, and it's it's honestly pretty scary what's already happened so far.
1: I'm going to tell you that I'm not very optimistic, and the reason why is you know there are there has been an effort for well over 50 years. You have to go back to the 60s when the baby boomers decided that they wanted to. Completely changed the United States and they began with uh, they did their protests the protests worked temporarily but after a few years uh, America went back to conservatism but they got into academia they got into movies they got into TV shows and they influenced not just one generation but several generations I, I'm going to say that generation X was the might have been the very last of the conservative generations that the general and I'm a member of a generation X but but all the generations afterwards, uh, not so much the generation Y but the millennials for sure have been heavily influenced by what by by the indoctrinations that we have seen in academia they don't understand a couple of things um, when you blame I'm going to give you an example when you blame every single thing on the president, I understand that there are politics, but based on many of the discussions I'm having, they expect the president of the United States to run everything, okay? They don't understand the concept of federalism. They don't understand the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments. You know, the the Bill of Rights, the Constitution was written as a muzzle on the federal government so that the states can run their own affairs. Now, that all changed after the civil war with the 14th amendment, um, I believe the word is called incorporate. Um, your, your listeners can look that up, but, but starting with the end of the, but with reconstruction, everything started where the federal government had more and more power, but that's not what it was meant to be. You know, civics is not taught in school anymore. It used to be, uh, you know, they, they teach government and uh, they teach social studies. But people don't, don't understand that, the, you know, the president is supposed to have only certain powers. The federal government is only supposed to have certain powers. And when you see people demanding that the president have some sort of a nationwide mandate for masks, that, that's, that's ridiculous. I think it also social.
0: well. It falls down a bigger line too. I mean, the whole factor is if we want to talk about why we're always blaming the president, it's happened through years and years and years. That's We've right. always pointed the finger at them. But what right, the thing right, is, right, but, with the new generation, it's a factor of now we don't raise questions. A lot of stuff we just accept as that's the way it's got to be, or that's the thing. It's the same instance we brought up before on our last conversation
1: with the cards. Right. I I but was. A, but I think it's beyond that, though. It, it's beyond that, and and, I, and I'm. Let me, let, me, uh, let me try to explain what I'm trying to get at. Um, yes, we have had, you know, I, I used to sit and rail on Obama all the time. I was not an Obama fan. Um, but I knew also at the same time that Obama had limited powers, that states had, had a lot more powers. This is not being taught, number one. Number two, the, the cancel culture that we're seeing, the, the things that students are being taught in school, let's say about our history, um, You know, I I dated uh, about 20 years ago, I dated this girl who had had a son in junior high, and he wrote this book report stating all these really negative things about some of our Texas histories. You know, in the state of Texas, we learned Texas history. We were a nation. We went to war with Mexico, We, we won that war. So we're, you know, we Texans are very proud of our state. So to see a book report stating some really negative things about Davy Crockett, Jim Bowie, uh, William Travis, Sam Houston—that—that's unheard of. So I looked at his textbook, and he, he got his stuff from the textbook. E- everything in that book was negative about about these guys. They—they they wanted to stress the negative things, like uh, Jim Bowie and William Travis had each had one slave, um, but they—but they didn't focus on any of the positive things that they did. They didn't focus on, you know, like San um, what was it uh, Juan Seguin. Juan Seguin was a Latino. Uh, his men had a huge impact on the Texas Revolution. They fought with uh, Sam Houston against Mexico and Santa Ana. So it it would stress, you know, whites versus Latinos. Whites stole the land from the Latinos. Whites stole the land from the Indians. That's, that's what the book was stressing. And it was also, it had stuff in there that would be more of, I'm going to say anthropology or some sort of like uh, minority studies. Uh, instead of talking about, I'll give you an example, um, and I mentioned this last time, uh, Dr. George Washington Carver. Instead of stressing how this black man uh, created uh, or made peanut butter possible, and instead of stressing what he did, and he happened to be a black American, now history is more of, well, here's so-and-so, the first black American to do blah, blah, blah. Here's the first black woman to do blah, blah, blah. Here's the first Latino woman, blah. So you're creating kind of these identity politics. You know, communism used to be about, um, you know, the, the the bourgeoisie versus the, pro, pro, the proletariat, uh, the rich man versus the white man, the haves and the have-nots. Now communism is being packaged through identity politics. Look at what the white man, or look what the colonists, or look what Western civilization did to the black people, the indigenous people, the, the Latinos, and it's, it's being fed to the students. And it's been doing that, they've been doing that for quite some time. And if you look at movies, you know, movies that are say pro America or, or show America being great are actually being criticized. There, there was an actor who did, he was in a movie about the Benghazi movie, The 13 Hours. He was criticized because he's doing too many manly movies. I mean, you know, they're trying to emasculate our society. There's so much involved. There's,
0: this is, this is, uh, I mean, we all want someone to blame, right? And I think that's what makes it easier is when you're able to put a face on it or when you're able to put a thing on it, like a cancel culture, which is what's so popular nowadays. Everything needs to be canceled because it goes a certain way or defends a certain person. We got a little too sensitive over the thing, but when it comes to history, for instance, you know, we've always needed a face to blame and it's so easy to toss out Trump. It's so easy. I'm not saying he's the best guy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, you know, he does some crazy stuff, but now that's just his character he wants to play as, but we always need a face to hate. We always need a thing. And what happens with the millennial generation is the factor of they're not, they're not saying no, they're not saying a lot of things that they're supposed to be saying no to. They're choosing to attack and choose to do a bunch of stuff in the era of equality, but it's honestly seems like a bit of a distraction if you ask me. There's a factor of like, I can pull up on Facebook, millions of people putting up signs that are saying, oh, don't, if you come across a store that says they only take cards, don't walk in, that's against your rights. But they're all older generations that are preaching those types of things. They're all these people- What do you mean by cards? If they're not taking cards- Bank cards, bank cards. They're taking only bank cards, not cash. Okay. So that is your right to hold currency. That's your right to hold paper money. That is, that's, that's the, you know, millennials like me, people that just have a bank card or have card or people that use card all the time, it doesn't bother us. We don't even question it. But, you know, I walk into Walmart, like just for instance, before this podcast, and I'm sitting there and science says only with card. I'm sitting there like, Why? Like paper used to be the thing. Paper used to be what people would prefer. Now it's card. Now there's keeping uh, an idea of them tracking you constantly. It's the reason why they're all making it card because we're wearing masks. so They can't see our identity. It's all these types of things. And you start preaching these types. That's an amazing mask. But you start preaching these types of things. People start to be like, oh, you're crazy. Well, how long until that crazy line gets moved? I mean, I think before we're talking about what we would go on the moon. That's crazy okay, we've done that. It's not crazy anymore. I'm just saying there's things that label you as a conspiracy theorist. There's people that label you as anarchy. There's people that label you as this. Is it so, or is it just predicting what is more likely to come? Because honestly, if you handed me the reins and power, I would try and squash out anything that was going against me. Why would I sit there and let a little tiny voice get bigger and bigger and bigger? It doesn't make any sense. And that's just not me trying to be like, oh, I'm a political leader. It's on the factor of... That's what people do. We annihilate problems that we see as problems. But a lot of time it's not problems. A lot of times it's just people that are confused. Um, same thing, like, we're, uh, you know, back to the millennial generation. It's an era of kids that are trying to fix the mistakes that they've been told that their grandparents made, their parents made, the world's being destroyed. It's more having a sense of empathy for the world. That's good. But not when you're listening to something that's telling you it's because of this. It's because of that. Make your own damn decision on what it is. If right. you start well, looking you know, at you
1: know, you know, what's funny is, is that, yeah, they're, they're being taught about what, what their grandparents or the parents did that was bad but they don't talk about what was good they don't talk about you know like if you if you look at the revolutionary war it it wasn't a simple okay let's sign the declaration of independence washington crossed the river you know the delaware river and it was over they signed a piece of paper blah 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 no there was the war was from 75 to 83 1775 to 80 to 1783 they don't talk about the sacrifices that those men and women, there were women involved also, what the men and women did to create this country, to create this freedom. They, they'll they stress about the slavery. You know, look, I know we had this conversation before. I understand you know, slavery, slavery is an abomination. We all know that. But slavery also, you know, the United States did not corner the market on slavery. The United States did not create Slavery, slavery, has been an institution, thousands of years. If you read Herodotus, the histories, they talk about slavery. I mean, you should see what the Persians did to cities, to the people of the cities that they captured. They turned, you know, they would kill the men, uh, turn the boys into eunuchs, and turn the, the females into slaves, sex slaves of some sort. You had, uh, you had Sparta. Sparta, the reason why all those men were able to train in fighting was because they had slaves. Egypt had slaves. Who built the pyramid? Slaves. It's, it, it's just, it, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was an institution that had been going on for a very long time. I mean, look, look at the Moses. He, he took the Jews out of, uh, or I should say the Hebrews, that's what they were called. He took the Hebrews out of Egypt. They were all slaves. So it's, they teach about slavery, but they won't teach about the men who died trying to free Slave. I mean, the, the granted the Civil War wasn't fought to free slaves. Um, you know, the South did want to keep slavery, but Lincoln didn't invade to free the slaves. He he invaded the South to preserve the Union. But you had. I, I would, I'm I'm going to say of the six hundred thousand who died in that war, I think about maybe three four. I don't know how many exactly in the South died, but but hundreds of thousands in the North died, and that that was able to give the black people in this country freedom world war 1 world war II, you know what those guys did if you if you read about what the marines did on the pacific islands running running into gunfire on normandy beach running into gunfire th- those guys didn't have a chance they they gave freedom to three different continents our men and then we did not go and create colonies the only time that you can say we created a colony from a country we conquered would have been the spanish-american war in 1898 we turned the philippines into our colony but you know we, we gave you know we we gave them their independence we, we didn't uh, there was some fighting at the beginning but but we later on we gave them their independence freely so you know the generations before us they had their problems but my god, they did some stuff that that the generations of today would never do. They, they would not sacrifice. The if you, you know, the, here's it's just not being taught the sacrifices they called it the home front what people in the people in the United States did to prepare for the war. 16 million men and women went to war. They they put on a uniform and went to war. That's not being stressed. What's being stressed is look what we did to this group of people or that group of people. And it's being stressed and it's being overstressed. You know, I, I, I'm hearing with the, with the whole Black Lives, uh, the BLM movement right now, it's one thing to remember history, but it's another to just be obsessed with it to the point where you get pissed off at your fellow man who happens to be white, because maybe, maybe his ancestors did something to your ancestors and they're all long dead. But then you don't even know that because you know my parents were immigrants from the Middle East. So if a black man is going to judge me because he thinks that my my grandparents did something to his grandparents, well he couldn't be further from the truth because my grandparents were being slaughtered by the Turks. I think this act
0: is the best way I could really explain it was when I was a kid, I used to look at the American flag and it used to be a thing we used to pledge to. It used to be a thing that standard as this thing. And then once I got older, it lost a lot of meaning. It lost a lot. Um, it's not saying I hate America. Of course I don't, but I think the factor of what it has become, I mean, the, the flag to me in my mind is the one with the 13 stars on it only because it sensed, uh, you know, uh, all these explorations, all these things that we started kind of coming across to make a discover and make an adventure. What it is now, um, not only on the factor of it being like, oh, we got more states, we got more people together. It's on the factor of it just doesn't hold its character like it used to, to, in my eyes as a child. And I think that's because, man... It's hard when you start finding out a lot of stuff and now, you know, with this whole thing where we got our rights tested with pandemic situation and COVID, people don't know what to do. We're distressed. We don't have trust in our, and it was just like you're saying back in the day in history, our ancestors, for instance, would stand up and fight for this flag. That wouldn't happen now for the reason of nobody can fucking trust it like they used to. Nobody could give it that thing. Nobody could, nobody, if you ask a random kid on the street right now, we're at war, grab a gun. We need to defend our country. Why the fuck would I defend my country? My country sucks. you see what's this happening? This happening. It's constant brainwashing of showing your country as shit and eventually pinning you against your own force, p- pinning you against your own flag. And it's an issue that needs to be fixed. We're worried about all these things and all these, you know, reparations and stuff. That's not bad. Uh, You know, more power to you if you want to go after that. But at the same time, let's not let it ever happen again. We're doing it right now with the whole technology. We're just going right by the wayside. We're letting that enslave us right now. That's the whole thing. It's getting everybody, not just one race. And what's going on, obviously, when it comes to slavery, it's a heated topic. And honestly, I, you know, all these voices, they do matter. Everybody matters. But, and they're tired, you know, people are tired of hearing that too. But at the same factor of don't argue or don't fight somebody that, that 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 hasn't inflicted it that's not their fault it's not like if i go over and punch my neighbor in the face and, and oh because your ancestors what does that have to do with anything that has nothing to do with anything the fact is we're all getting pointed in different directions to steer our attention off the giant thing and that's where we're losing our rights everyone's losing their rights. It's not a factor of, it's this giant corporation like we talked about before, kind of like an Illuminati scenario where there's this giant thing that's just like, I made you stay in your fucking house and you didn't question at all. And then once you started getting angry and getting antsy and wanting to go out there, I made you even more scared. And now you're at the point where, you know, there are people that want to stay home. There are people that want to open up their businesses. From the last time we talked, which is what, a couple of days ago, I had gotten four Facebook posts tagged with me in it that said this business is closing down permanently. Stuff that has been here since I was a kid because they shut down and they, their whole thing's messed up. People are free, people are losing their businesses. Whether this is a giant corporation move, the whole factor of Walmart can now expand their territory. Walmart can do whatever. Amazon taking over Netflix, whatever. It's, it's really confusing. And I think this is the stuff that kind of needs to be focused on is where our country is actually going. Cause right now we're at a pretty weak point where the movie red dawn could actually be a possibility. It's, it's not seeming like, Oh, that's just the thing we could easily with how distressed we are right now, be invaded by another country, be invaded by something. We're at our weakest point. It seems like and it, but it, the ball keeps dropping in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I, it's it's going to be more subtle than that. It's um, Red Dawn is a great movie. I, I I remember when the first one came out. I don't know which one you were referencing to the, uh, the '80s version or the one that came out a few years back. The newer but, one, because I am a millennial. You well, know, very well, you know, I was uh, <laughs> I saw the one where you had um, um, well. It, they were, They all became uh, C. Thomas Howell and the guy from uh, Dirty Dancing and. Well, do uh, I Charlie think there, Do I yeah, think that one? But,
0: well, do I think there's going to be airplanes invading? No, but like you're saying, more subtle. I get. I feel like China's just going to come over with a big check and be like, "Hey, we're going to start building companies here." Next thing you know, they're going to eventually, after maybe twenty something years, take over the
1: whole entire country. Well, here's how I think it's going to be. Okay, now a lot of people ask, "How did Hitler?" convince the Germans to do the things that they did. Speeching? Hitler, propaganda? Mm, well, no. What, what, what Hitler did, Hitler recognized a problem and Hitler used it to his advantage. You know, the, the, the problem was the Versailles Treaty. The way the Versailles Treaty was written really screwed Germany bad. The Germans also recognized that the, that the socialists and, and this is what led to the anti- much of the anti-Semitism. There's always been anti-Semitism in Europe in, in, um, after the Roman Empire. A- after the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem in uh, 70 AD, there has been consistent anti-Semitism in Europe ever since. But, but the anti-Semitism in Germany increased because many of the socialist movements that took place in Germany at the end of World War I and a few years afterwards were, were led by Jews. So Hitler used that to his advantage, to anger, not not so much because the Germans were already angered, but he, but he harnessed that anger and he was able to convince the people we are, what we're doing is for the greater good of Germany. You know, these people, the Jews are the scapegoats, the communists are the scapegoats. We need to get rid of them. And people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now uh, let's go to Let's go to about 1982, 1983. I read this book by Hal Lindsey called The Late Great Planet Earth. And then I read some of his other books. And, you know, it talks about what, what happens in Revelations where, um, you know, it says that people will take uh, a chip or, or something, there'll be a mark of the beast on the, on the hand or on the forehead. And I'm sitting going, why would anyone want to have some kind of an intrusion like that? Well. People have been um, conditioned to realize, hey, maybe that's the solution to many of the problems that we have. For instance, um, crime has gone up right now. Crime, you know, there's always been crime, but, you know, I got, I was mugged one time and ever since then I stopped carrying cash because I had cash in my wallet, which they took. So I I use, I use a bank card now for, for, for quite a, quite a lot of my transactions, but but with you know, like if if you're going to look at it from from a logic logical reasonable way as to why someone would want a chip on their hand or on their forehead, which by the way I did see on the Today Show. I don't. If you get a chance, go uh, go to YouTube and the Today Show had they interviewed these people in a company where they implanted a chip, I think, on their on their hand, and then they were able to go to a uh, like a vending machine flash their hand and it would say, you know, like this bag of chips is uh, say 50 cents to a dollar. Okay. Well it took it out of your, your uh, bank account, or it might've went into a credit card at which then you pay for later on.
0: There's no bag of chips in the world,
1: not even Funyuns that will make huh. me
0: put a chip into my arm.
1: Well they did. I mean, they showed them. they injected them. This is not, look, I'm not, I'm not one of these crazy conspiracy. Well, I believe you. This, it yeah, was a movie. It was on the Today Show. Ago. Yeah. So, but I was always sitting and saying any, a lot of people would sit and say, why would anyone want to do that? Well, when you condition people to think, you know what, the logical thing to do is to put a chip, because now, it, you know, we put chips in dogs so that if a dog gets lost, you know, okay, read the chip. The chip says this dog belongs to such and such person. Okay, if you put a chip in a child, well, that's why way if a child gets kidnapped. Okay, well, you know, maybe um, if, a, if a child is found, I don't know if the first step is, if they, it, not that the chip transmits a signal so you can find them, like maybe your phone, but, but that but the chip can be read and you'll say, oh, you know, this is, uh, this is such and such person. His parents are such and such people. That could be the first stage. The second stage could be where it does flash out and sends out a signal so that if you need to be spotted, or if you need to be found, you can be found. And, it, it could, you know, like right now, my cell phone, my, I turned off my cell phone signal so that, you know, it doesn't know where I'm going all the time. You know, because cops can, you know, cops can find a person based on where your cell phone is. I don't know. I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah. They can locate you. Okay. Well, then they can do the same thing to the fore, to your forehead or to your uh, to your forehead or to your hand. So if you can condition people, you know, it's like it's like this mask. I hate wearing this mask. The only reason why I wear it is because if I need to go into a grocery store and I need to buy groceries, I will wear it only because they, there's a sign that says you can't enter without a mask. Okay, I'll wear the mask, but as soon as I'm outside, I take the damn thing off. And if if our jackass uh county judge is going to sit and tell me i have to wear it wherever if i'm walking outside i no houston is a hot city in the summertime i'm not going to wear this mask i will defy them yeah it's the it only 98
0: reason, degrees here today and i was at work and i was wearing yeah. my mask but i wear the doctor's mask not one of those nice ones that you got a custom one mine you know i'm sweating all inside of it and i'm breathing it yeah. right
1: back in i'm like oh well this isn't fun at all no, so you know, I, I will respect a private business. You know, there's the no shoes, no shirt, no service. Okay, you have to respect that. Well, if they're going to say no mask, no service, okay, I have to respect that, and I'll and I'll put it on. I'll grab my what I need, and then I will leave. Now I'm not even frequenting stores. I'm buying all my stuff online. So you know, companies companies are going to you know, the economy is going to make an adjustment. Where if you can't go to a store to get what you want because the store closed down, there's going to be a different store like Amazon that's going to take up the slack. And so the money that I was going to spend at a local brick and mortar place, now I'm going to be spending it in a uh, online store. Could
0: a, a family business, for instance, could they decide that they don't require masks even if it's against their state? Considering it's their store, it's like a reason why you don't have to wear a mask in your own home. If you own the business, why would you require it if you don't want it?
1: I I live in Harris County in Texas, which is where Houston is. Um, We have a Democratic Socialist for a county judge. She has made it a mandate where if you walk into businesses, you have to wear a mask. Now, if I owned the business, I would tell people, yeah, you can walk in with the mask, but you can take it off. I'm, I, I would I wouldn't enforce it. This is where I have a problem. I have a problem where government mandates things. I have a gov I have a I have a problem where the government mandates seatbelts, or where the government says you have to wear a helmet when you're when you're uh, riding a motorcycle. It's got to be personal choice. Now, if you, you know, if you want to. Uh, not wear a seatbelt or if you don't want to wear a helmet then you fuck yourself up, that's your fault. That's not my fault. And I shouldn't have to pay for it, mind you, you know? Well, it should be the same
0: thing with the mask situation. If you want, if you care about getting COVID so much, then don't go outside or, or don't, you know, wear a mask then. But if you don't care, if you get it or not, then don't wear one. But this goes to an important thing, which is, which I'm starting to think it's becoming a real thing. And it's with China and their social status thing that they do, where everybody's a little snitch telling on everybody, telling the government so they get tax breaks and all this stuff. That's what it's turning into. You know how many people I come across on a daily basis where now it's not Democrat or Republican, it's mask or no mask. And the factor of now everybody's willing to, oh, they're not wearing a mask. Even I can do it at times. I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're supposed to have a mask on. Like, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking that, but I'm like, why? Why is this a thing now? And it's like, I don't wear a mask when I'm in my car or something. And then people get laughed at when they're wearing a mask in their car. You don't know if that person's fucking Ubering. You don't know if they're about to get right back out, but it's all a judging thing again. And now, when's it going to be to the point where instead of judging what that person's shoes or if they're wearing Jordans or something, when are we going to start judging if, oh, their mask is what? It's not Gucci. It's It's not what? It's like... The whole quality of life has just been for so long, picking on each other, judging each other. Now it's becoming a tattletale system like China, where you're going to be granted things for telling on your neighbor for not wearing a mask, not doing all these other things. And I'm like, when do we start to question any of this? I mean, you mentioned the chip in the hand, the chip in the arm, that type thing when that becomes mandatory because they give you a guise like they usually do when they release something like, oh, you wear a mask because it helps you stay away from COVID. Okay. That's a good idea. Oh, you can chip your kid because you can find them if they ever get kidnapped. All right. That's a good, strong pool of a question to get people to do that. But when is it just become mandatory to have chips? And then at that point, when's it against our human rights, the Geneva Convention, the whole factor of you can't be doing this to us. Like there are going to be some people that I said it's gonna be like bubbles, man. It's gonna end up being like the Simpsons movie where they get put in a dome. We're just gonna have societies that are closed off. there's the unmasked society, then there's the mass society. then there's this you know every state and everybody's gonna be divided. It's not gonna be red and blue on the map anymore. It's gonna be you know with different colors mask or mask, green or orange. who's gonna
1: choose? I have yeah. no clue, yeah, well, I mean that's you know i the snitching thing that they I saw on um. On on TV, there's a channel, I'm not going to mention its number. Um, One of the TV stations stated that Lena Hidalgo, her name is Lena Hidalgo. She's the Democrat socialist. She's like 26, 27, no more than 28. That's how old she is. She was elected simply, she beat an incumbent who has years of experience, and he was considered a very good county judge. She beat him simply and only because of straight line, uh, the ticket, uh, straight ticket voting. So uh, the Democrats turned Harris County into a completely blue state. And that's how she ended up becoming the county judge. Well, she has been posting to the news, if you see somebody not wearing a mask, or if you see a business open and they're not supposed to be open, or they're not complying with the you know, like restaurants or, uh, have to be opened, I think, at either 50% or 25% capacity. If you see them open and they have more than they're supposed to, here's a phone number. You call us or go to this website and we will we'll come out and we'll uh, investigate and punish if they find any violations. A lot of people bombarded those websites with, uh, you know, memes. Memes, I think that's what you call them. Photos, websites, just to uh, clog up the whole website and the website did crash. And it was good to see people fighting back. But now it's been a couple of months and they're getting calls. They're getting, they're, they're getting leads on people who are not wearing masks or businesses that are not complying the way they're supposed to. And it, it, it sickens me, it troubles me to see people complying so much to government. You know, government is supposed to manage. Government is not supposed to run our lives. Government is supposed to manage the judicial system. It's supposed to manage the roads. It's, you know, it, it's not to manage the economy. The market runs the economy, right? Yes, you can have some regulation here or there, but but people just have this wrong impression of what government is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a nanny state. It's not supposed to, you know, the... the, the, the uh, it's supposed to be red, fathers, white it's supposed to be red, white, and blue. And that's the not founding, what it is yeah. anymore. No, it's not. The founding fathers were very specific that government was supposed to be limited. Now, yes, granted, there was there were men like Alexander Hamilton and John Adams who believed in a strong central government, but most of the others did not feel that way. They they wanted they wanted the the central government to run a few things but everything all the other 13 states will will run their own affairs so they knew the importance of limited government and, and i might also add that the founding fathers also said that that our system has to be based on laws not on man you know john adams was very aware that george washington there was this uh, cult of personality with george washington and this is why Although he nominated him to be the commander in chief of the Continental Army, he later uh, regretted the fact that people were worshiping John, uh, George Washington. And, and what he was afraid of was that he would become another Oliver Cromwell, where after he, you know, defeated the enemy, he would then take over. Okay, I'm now in charge. I'm I'm going to be the uh, the new Caesar. Uh, you know well kind yeah like
0: his, his personality was uh the type of it's a lot like trump i would say if you're going to compare any of our president like george washington is a lot like trump all about attention maybe not in the beginning it didn't seem like it but he went under that guise and once everything started going to his head he seemed like he turned more into a an actor or something wanting more about the fame than they like, run for the country but well trump trump's always
1: been that way i've, I've known trump since the 80s yeah, well right. i'm saying
0: he turned into a trump character I right right
1: right so um you know the uh, so so John Adams and uh, there was kind of a cabal. Uh, his his cousin Sam Adams, a few other people, Richard Henry Lee. They were they were afraid that you know Washington was going to become a dictator. And then and then peace treaty is signed 1783. And what does Washington do? He says, okay, I'm resigning my commission. I'm going home. I want to you know run my plantation. Leave me alone. And he left and he quit and you know, people were like, did you see that? You know, that never happened. That never happened in those days. If you were the general who won the war, you became the dictator. You became the king. Read it, look it up. I mean, if if any of your audience members doubt me, read history and you will see that, that almost every leader, almost every leader who's ever won the battles, they then became the leaders of the country. So, you know, our country, the United States, is based on an idea, and those ideas are going to be in the Declaration of Independence. You know, Thomas Jefferson got much of his his um, information from from several people that he had read philosophers that he read in the past. Um, I want to say I want to say, Bakaria is one of them. I, if I I'm gonna I'm butchering his name. Bakaria. Um, he he read John Locke. John Locke. Heavy, heavy influence on this guy. Um, John Locke was the one that was responsible for the, the British, um, the English gotta, Bill of Rights.
0: You got to stick with me here, Alan. You're opening up a lot of doors, but not closing. Well,
1: well what, 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 what I'm trying to get at is this, is that Americans right now are, are looking to the cults of personality. You know, I'm a Trump supporter, but I don't worship Trump. If Trump does something wrong, you know, I'm going to be like, man, why are you doing that? I, I, and I saw the same thing with Obama. We are s- removing from a nation of laws, a nation of ideals that are that are found in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. If you don't know what's in the Declaration of Independence, what's in the Bill of Rights, what's in the Constitution, then how are you going to defend it? How are you going to know what rights you have? Your focus now shifts to the leader, I mean, look at how people worshipped Obama. People were like, "Oh, with Obama, I won't have to worry about paying my bills. I don't have to worry about paying my car note, my mort, you know, my mortgage, my house note." That, that's not, that's not what America's supposed to be. Man stumbles. The only perfect man I know walked on water, and I don't think he's gonna. I mean, he even. Uh, believed in a separation of church and state with the you know what what do you see on the coin render under caesar what is caesar and render under god what is god uh, he he didn't believe in a theocracy jesus so millennials and and i'm not trying to harp i know you're a millennial don't take this the wrong way no, i'm not i'm not
0: sticking up for them at all honestly i agree with you on the fact of i think our taste in leadership had changed at one point when i was a child um Leadership was about admiring the superheroes. You all wanted to be like a superhero. You want to be this magnificent thing with no flaws. And right. you wanted no flaws. It. Yeah. But then somewhere along the influencer age, it became let's invest all our who should be leader into actors, celebrities, these types of people that are filled with flaws. But you it's the it's the saying, you brag in public, but you cry in private. The reason why is we see all these celebrities that are posting their yacht pictures, what they could be, all these motivational people talking about what you could have. Tell me about what you don't. Tell me about what you lost when you start looking up to all these people, considering them perfect, and then you find out they're not fucking perfect.
1: They're yeah. filled with flaws. I'll
0: give you an example. And, and
1: you, yeah. You get well, disappointed when you, when, and then all of a sudden you don't think as highly of this person anymore.
0: The TV show Supernatural, for instance, I'll admit to it. I've watched it. There's a guy on there named Jensen Ackles. He's a freaking Brad Pitt character. He's handsome as hell. I'll admit to that. And, you know, I saw a picture with him without makeup. And I was like, fuck. I was looking at this guy that had godly features. And then next thing you know, like, I'm sitting here judging myself because I don't have the no freckles. I got freckles on my nose. I hated them as a kid. Then I see this and I see this picture and I'm like I've been lied to it's all makeup it's all a cover up that's what that's that's it was a realization and I stopped having that train of thought but now people are putting people in office thinking they're going to be the best because he's an amazing businessman I'm not saying he's not but he's really good at you know we shouldn't be looking at a leader to who makes us laugh and who makes us do these types of things that's why it doesn't work out is because I don't think anybody should run the country but I think the way that we've been going for way too long now, um, at least since from back when I was a kid, is the fact of we've looked to now celebrities as our influencers, as our leaders, instead of looking at a people who actually deserve the job and know what they're talking about. You put people in office that can easily get whispered into their ear something, and then they can go that way with it. Well, then you're fighting whatever that person's thing is. If you've ever seen Space Force on Netflix, it's really good. People consider it The Office, and that's why they hate it so much. They have the board meeting and everybody's stereotypical. There's the Space Force, Steve Carell. Then there's the guy who plays like every jock in every single movie ever. Um, And he runs the military, runs the Marines. And he's sitting there like, Oh, I think we should just blow them up, take them over, blow them up, take them over, blow them up. Constantly, it's stereotypical. And you put someone like that or you put a famous person in office, then you have those types of people whispering into their ears. Next thing you know, you're going every which way. One day you could decide to invade somewhere, then you could decide to raise the economy up. I have no fucking clue. But you got to put the right people in office, people that are actually wanting to change the thing, not just people that are looking for a title. Looking for a thing, it ends up becoming that movie where they're feeding the co- the crops Gatorade. Terry Cruz is fucking president with two LMGs. You know, it's like wh- this is this is this is not a this is not a like a fame thing. This has got to be who has the ability to run the nation properly. And sadly, right. a lot of those people, like you mentioned before, with John Adams, are people that don't want to be president because mm-hmm. they're smart enough to know how fucking hard it is.
1: Well, you know, not only that, but. But, you know, the, the, the opposition and the opposition is going to dig for whatever dirt they can find on you. The media, if you know, you know, I, I'm a believer that 90, 95 percent of the mainstream media, they're card carrying Democrats and they're, they're now to the point of being socialists themselves. They will dig anything they can find to ruin the lives of anyone who is going to challenge the socialist, uh, liberal, left-wing philosophy. This is, again, why you have to stress that we can't be a nation of men, we have to be a nation of laws and ideas. So that if you have a flawed candidate, you know, the first flawed candidate, okay, I remember, I, I was around when Richard Nixon, I remember when Richard Nixon resigned. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't old enough throughout most of his presidency to say, um, you know, to worship the guy or anything like that. I just knew, okay, Richard Nixon is the president and, and then he resigns. And I didn't think much of it later on as I grew up. I, I did notice that, um, that the first flawed president that I saw was Bill Clinton, um, you know, Bill Clinton. I didn't agree with with much of his philosophy, but but he was he was a pretty decent president. He re, he really was. He managed he managed things pretty well. Anybody I didn't vote that, for him.
0: Anybody that admits to a blowjob is a man I trust.
1: Well, you know, a- anybody who can get a girl to give him a blowjob for eighteen months and not have to return the favor, he's doing something right.
0: Yeah, he's fucking. <laughs> I, I trust him. I see pictures of him all the time, where he's just like looking at people. I'm like, all right, he's good. He he doesn't yeah. care
1: anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't, you know, Bill Bill Clinton was the reason why I joined the NRA to fight him because I I I'm I'm a big gun rights ag- advocate, but uh, his first year as a president, I joined the NRA because of him, and I, I didn't like him as president. Now, if I saw him, yeah, hey, yeah, grab a beer, let's have a beer, let's let's uh, let's sit and chat. So, you know, here's the problem: is is that you know, in in you know, Obama, Obama made a speech, I think. Uh, when was it? In '04 or '06? I don't quite. I think it was in 2004. Don't quote me on that. Obama makes a speech, and uh, I think it was at the DNC convention. And everyone's like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And the guy knew how to read out of a teleprompter, and all of a sudden, they're all like wooing and eyeing about this guy. Um, a few years later on, I see one of the Castro brothers out of Texas. He does a very good speech, and I see on Facebook, all these people was like, he needs to run for president. And I'm like, why, because he gave a great speech? I was like, Fidel Castro and Adolf Hitler gave great speeches. I said, the reason why we don't have good, good leaders and good managers running for president is because they have flaws and they don't want it aired out throughout the whole world. So they're not going to run. You know, there's, I'll tell you this. I will accept
0: a president if he has a kink of being choked with a belt. That's his kink of being choked with a belt to get off. I will accept him if he's fit for the job. I wish people would, I wish they would see that more. Like, oh, I can't run because I have dirty laundry and it's going to be exposed by my other political candidate. Honestly, I just want to see someone walk up to the podium and be like, what do you guys got for me? Somebody asks a question, and they give an honest answer. Like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm going to try my best. I have no clue what's going to happen. But everything is danced around, and it seems it's like it's written out. Somebody asks a question. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot going on, more than that, and then all this and that and this yeah. and that. It's like, just be honest. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and a good leader. You don't
1: know. A good leader. A good leader is going to um, uh, what's that word? Where uh, dele- delegate authority. Not only delegate authority, but also if he sees a problem, fix it. Okay. Uh, there was a class I took. Uh, I graduated from Texas AM. There's a class I took. It was the best class I took in all four years of college strategic management. Strategic management is if there's a problem, fix it. You know, like right now with the whole COVID thing, um, th- there's this bureaucracy of some sort so that certain drugs cannot be released without this, 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 this and happening. Right now, like President Trump is saying, skip all this part, get it out, get the testing, and then let's get this out. Let's not wait the full 18 months it takes to get something out. That's that's what I like about him. I don't like, you know, like if I had a daughter, I would not want to date him. I, w- I would not want my daughter dating him. No way in hell. But as a leader, he reminds me and I'm not here to push Trump. Well, I'm trying to talk about what I see in a leader. Well, yeah, he cuts a lot of him, the government
0: bullshit out too.
1: Yeah, get, cut the government bullshit out and get the shit done. George Patton was one of the best generals we've ever had. Was he the best? I, I can't say. I'm not a military expert. But, jo- but George Patton had a mouth. George Patton said some shit that pissed people off. George Patton slapped Two soldiers for cowardice. Franklin Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower knew that he was a hot potato, but they also knew he was a damn good general who got shit done. The Germans knew that Patton was their best general. So sometimes you need a Patton to run things. You may not like Patton, you might think Patton's a disgusting man. But if Patton can get shit done, then that's the guy who's going to be that. That's the person who has to lead. Remember, we are not a nation of men; we are a nation of laws. We are a nation of ideals. Now, another thing about the laws—I'm going to go off on a little tangent here—is, you know, the uh, the federal government is so bloated that they're creating law after law after law. Why? Why can't the Congress, instead of creating all these new laws all the time that nobody, you know, any, anything on an average day I hear, you're probably violating at least one federal law every single day. And so people are being arrested for shit that they're like, I didn't know that was a federal law. Well, you know, ignorance of the law, you know, is under is, uh, no... section
0: 32 BC of right. NRW page 9,426.
1: Yeah. So instead of creating new laws Maybe the maybe Congress and the Senate needs to tweak things a bit, maybe manage things a bit, and leave it alone. Don't create any more new laws. Get off our asses. Government is supposed to be like electricity. by the people...
0: For the people.
1: Yeah, that's
0: exactly. what it's supposed to be. But now yeah. it's all about, that's why like, I can agree with the whole Trump thing was that he does cut a lot of the government bullshit out, mostly like, oh, I can do this and do that. And they're like, no, you can't do that. He's like, well, why not? If I'm president, you're. that means, you know, it's kind of highlighting the fact of maybe you don't have full control, but he's like, no, 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 I, I can be able to do this. I'm the leader of the country. I can do this. That makes sense where I can agree, with, agree with that. But the whole factor is our government is now trying to become this perfect system and perfect perfection because everybody's trying to get their side across everyone that's involved is trying to get i want to push this though but okay well we can't do that because this is going to do i want to get this done how are we going to do this well if you agree to my bill we can have this bill pass. it's like hold on a second when is it you're trying to make a perfect system but the template for the perfect system is so is so flawed is so People are flawed. The thing is, we're not all able to be able to control it under one rule. We barely get along with some of the major laws when it comes to speed limit and even people break those at times. But I think people always talk about, I think the Constitution, it should have been, it should have amendments, it should have all this thing. It was a good starting point. It was. I don't think it should be amended. I think that the shit we added on top of it lost the basics of where we're supposed to be going. Like if we had a direction to go, instead of going the right way, which is, let's say, if you're going to go right, instead of going to where you actually want to go, we decided to go left. And then eventually we kept going left and now we're following the rules of the left. I'm not saying political views, right wing, left wing. No, I'm saying you've been, you've been modeling yourself off the wrong, 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 wrong. And now you're at this point where it seems like now you're just taking away people's rights. It's like, give it back. Let us be us. Let us do our thing. Let us be of our own free will, like intended, um, and what happens? Let's start focusing on things we need to be focusing on, rather than controlling people. It's all about controlling now, and I think right, right, that's what scares me when it comes to someone like um, uh, Joe Biden, for instance. If he becomes into office, I know that's going to be scary, and I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying. The whole factor of he doesn't seem like he's in the right condition right now, whether that's political or views, whatever getting shown to us, but the whole factor of he could be easily manipulated. And I think when you keep putting easily manipulated people into office, eventually it's not going to be them, the person you voted for who's running it. It's going to be somebody talking in their ear. And at one point, Is there going to be someone that fights against that? And the factor is, I don't think that is ever going to come. Because if we go back to when our first recording that we did that got lost with the Illuminati situation, if you become president and you're fighting true and you're telling government no, how long until something bigger that you didn't know was there approaches and says, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to hurt everyone you've ever loved. You'll immediately
1: do that. You know, the John Roberts, when John Roberts allowed Obamacare to, um, it became a 5-4 decision. Normally, Anthony Kennedy is the, uh, the guy that will vote with the liberals. You know, he was nominated by Ronald Reagan. I remember when he was nominated. Uh, a guy named Bork was supposed to be um, the, the Supreme Court uh, justice. But uh, Robert Bork, uh, they, now they use the term, he was Borked. Um, there was a second guy, and then and then he was, I think, the third choice. Anthony Anthony Kennedy comes in, and he's the guy. He's the he's the man to determine whether a law becomes the law of the land or if it's going to be rejected. Well, in this case, John Roberts was the one who voted for, with the liberals and decided to make Obamacare legal. There there were whispers about the fact that there was something there was something that the government learned about John Roberts. Now, this is something J. Edgar Hoover was known for doing. That maybe John Roberts, uh, apparently there was a story about how he adopted his kids, that that he adopted his kids illegally. And, you know, and then then that Snowden guy, Snowden confirmed that the government was listening to every single thing that we're doing. And, uh, I mean, we discussed Snowden last time. But Snowden did confirm that, that the government listens to everything that we do. So I'm sitting thinking, okay, they had something on John Roberts because he's supposed to be a conservative. And here he is, and he goes and he votes that Obamacare can be looked at as a tax. Therefore, it's, it's legal. It's, it's not unconstitutional. Um, that, that's something that has been going through my mind also, That that they're going to find stuff on you, and then they're going to make you do things in government, like if you're a government official, they're going to make you do things that you don't want to do. Um, you're right that you know Biden does come across as kind of a weak guy. I, I remember Biden back in the 80s. Biden was kind of, a, he was a strong leader. He spoke well until he got busted with plagiarism. If Biden becomes the president, in my opinion, he's going to surround himself with not yes men, but, but socialists who are going to dictate how things are going to be. Um, when I when you and I talked last time, I was trying to remember some of the names of the people that were in the Obama cabinet. I have them written down. We don't we don't have to go over them, but but it is a it's a who's who of of men and women who are either communist, voted communist, or had communist uh, relations. You know, uh, uh, John John Brennan, CIA director, he voted for for a communist in uh, in the 70s, uh, 1976 election, I believe. Um, Valerie Jarrett, her father was a communist. He, his mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, was a communist. Um, two, two of his very good friends that he worked with, Bernardine Dorn and Bill Ayers, were members of the Weather Underground, communists. I mean...
0: Well, the whole factor is, when you're in office and you're doing a business, it's much like we do as people. We surround ourselves with people that think the same thing. It's why we get into communities. Is why we get into groups. It's why we're all in explicit things on, you know, even an in Instagram you can use, for example, people that are on certain hashtags. You're surrounded by like-minded individuals that want to do the same thing you're doing, whether it's creating furniture, whether it's creating hot sauce, whether it's creating whatever. You want to be surrounded because that's what you love to do, and that's what you're going to do. So if you're in office, why would why, the logical thing would be to put somebody who would oppose you, who would want to question your actions to make you double think on a lot of the stuff you're going to be passing.
1: Well, that's what an attorney general is supposed to do.
0: Yeah, but that's not how the world's been working now has. it? it seems like now everybody's like, okay, well, it's about all of us saying yes and you're saying no. So we're going to go with our answers. Hang on a second. Now, like, you know, people always talk about well, what happens if somebody tries to pass something and then it gets denied, even though it's a good thing. That does happen too. But the whole factor is you got a bunch of people that are usually thinking on the same barrier, thinking on the same thing, which is just like having a fan club. It's just like, I'm going to say that, Hey guys, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, farting's illegal. Okay. Well, I agree. I don't like the smell of it either. It's like, get somebody in there and be like, well, p- some people can't help it. Some people can't control it. Some people, you need to have that voice in there. You need to have multiple of those voices. You need to have an even distributed amount and it hasn't been distributed evenly. sadly. Everything that gets supported now, I mean, it's like we said, Biden supporting, he might support himself with a whole fan club. Next thing you know, wait, we can't just have giant statues of Digum the Frog everywhere. That's not going to happen, Biden. You know, he could pass something, something like that. The thing is, where are we looking at when is, what? What society going to come to? The initial first question. Where where do you predict this happening? Do you think this is going to be anarchy and people are just going to try and fight back? Or do you think people are going to do their spaz out, fall out of this peg out of place, and then come back to the fact of, let's go back to a system because we like the routine. We like all these types of things. And I think this is the prime time to start putting the people in power back to where initially was supposed to kind of start. You know, have the regulations, obviously, but don't lose the aspect of what it means to be, you know, a person. Don't lose the rights.
1: Well, you know, we have shifted away from the original intent of, of our constitution, of our country. If you try, you know, I am a firm believer of we need to uh, decentralize. We need to weaken the central government. The central government is supposed to be, it's supposed to run a few things: interstate commerce, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? treaties, national defense. If we can revert back and then give the, give most of the powers back to the states, I think that that will diffuse much of the country. Right now, we have a system. Here's a, here's an example. Now you you told me where you lived. The people I want. I don't know if you tell people which state you live in. Ocean City, State. baby, huh? Ocean City, Maryland, baby. Okay, okay, well, all right. Now you live in Maryland. Now the people of Maryland think differently than the people of Texas. Yeah. I live in Texas. Texas, you know, we are, you know, the southeast side. There, there's there are a lot of towns. You know, I, I live in Houston.
0: You got more north.
1: tigers than all of the wild of the world, sir.
0: What? Texas. What t- really. There are more tex- there are tigers in Texas than the wild of the world. I did not know that. That is wow. fucking nuts.
1: That is nuts. Well, Texas is a very open, open state. You go into West Texas, you can drive for miles and not see towns. Texas, we love our guns. We love our God. We love our uh, tigers. We love our tigers. We love our Tex-Mex, okay? We want to be left the hell alone. We don't want... We don't wanna wear these fucking masks. Leave us alone. It's hot, okay? We wanna just do our own thing, and that's, that's how Texas is. Californians, they like to butt into your life about everything. Um, California needs to run its own affairs. Texas needs to run its own affairs. When you start having Congress federalizing everything, so that whoever's president, if you have, whether he's a conservative or whether he's a liberal, forcing his ways on the whole country, you're going to piss off half the country. If the, if the federal government, if the president and Congress left shit alone, let states run their own affairs, then you can go live in a state that supports certain things that you are a big supporter of. Like okay, I'm going to give you an example. The gun issue. You know, I I carry a gun around when I walk around. I have a gun on me. Okay, if I'm in California and California decides we don't want that, okay, then you you have that law. I'm not going to go live in California. I'm going to stay in Texas where I can walk around with my gun. But don't go tell Washington D.C. to create a federalized law that affects all fifty states that says. You, can, you, have, you cannot carry a gun on you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Spanking kids. Okay, Texas. I don't know if Texas still has corporal punishment. But we believe, most Texans believe in corporal punishment. Okay, well, in, maybe in uh, Massachusetts, they don't believe in corporal punishment. California, Washington, Oregon, they don't believe in corporal punishment. Fine. In the States, you decide. You want corporal punishment or not? You decide. But there's these assholes that are that are in uh, Congress saying we need to create a federal law that says that kids cannot be punished in you know no more corporal punishment in schools. Why? Why are you making it a federal law? Let the states decide. That's the the whole abortion thing, alcohol, all that. You know, Utah has. A very stringent law on, on alcohol, but do you want you want Mitt Romney to go and pass a bill in in uh, in DC that makes all of the states, all fifty states, have the same alcohol laws that Utah has? Simply because so many people are killed by drunk
0: drivers. Would a good idea be to have one person who was born and raised in each of the states? Put their opinions on what laws should be regulated only on the factor of they would understand more of what that upbringing was like. Such as for you, you know, you don't want to wear a mask because it's hot as fuck out. I can agree to that because you know I see people when they're coming out of the gym or whatever they have their mask off even though they're supposed to have it on. And the reason I usually don't say anything is not because I'm trying to break the rules. Is because when you get done a workout, it's hot as shit. You don't want to put up anything over your face. You're trying to breathe. So I think you know, obviously, like you mentioned before, every place is different. My town's going to be different from your town. The way I grew up here is going to be different than the way you grew up wherever you grew up from. Now, I think that for all 50 states, we could easily get 50 people total, one from each state who was born and raised there to be able to regulate and choose what should be approved and what should be done and just run it by one
1: president. Let him, no, let him let hear me, the sides. Let me stop you there. We have that. They're called governors. Where the, it's all bullshit.
0: It's all,
1: it's all government money, pocket money. Our governor Hogan doesn't understand a damn thing about a crab feast. Okay. But why do you want to go to the president or to Congress? It it shouldn't even be their, their business. Why? I mean, what you're doing is instead of creating 330 million voices going to DC, you now have 50 voices going to DC. Why should it go to DC to begin with? Let the state's mandate, say, the masks. Okay, now the governor of Texas, I don't know why he's mandated a statewide um, um, masks uh, if there are over, I think, 20 people per county. Now, I I disagreed with that, but at the same time, I'm going to say that the governor of Texas, and his name is Abbott. Abbott, what he could have done, he's the one that needs to run the way the masks are going to be mandated in the state. And he can sit and look at each individual county and say, okay, Harris County where Houston is, okay, there, um, if you're going to be an asshole and mandate masks, okay, we'll, we'll stick with Houston. But out in like Pecos County, Where there's maybe like 10 people in the entire county, you know, one per square mile or whatever, then no, you don't need to mandate a mask. But a governor is gonna know that more than Congress or the president. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And and it, it needs to be every single law, not every single, I mean, not every single law, but most laws. Get rid of all these federal regulations, all these federal laws. You know, I'll hear people saying that they want uh, uh, animal abuse to be a federal offense. Why? Let it be states. States can manage their own affairs. The same reason why some
0: states have an exotic pet list and some do not. I can't own a tiger in Maryland, but in Texas
1: you can. Okay, there you go. So why does it have to be federal, Why It's not what it was supposed to be. Because it's the same reason why you
0: wrap your presents on Christmas. When you say the word federal, it seems legit. Just like when you're picking up a prescription drug, instead of taking a herbal supplement, when you get that prescription, it just means a lot more because the way our mindset is where that pill or that giant long ass name is way better than some type of herbal thing that you can't pronounce. It's way easier to do that when you label something as federal, it has more impact to me, at least when you say that over state. State is like, oh, that's secondary, federal's first,
1: you know, but they both tax me the same fucking amount. I know, but that's not what it was supposed to be. You know, Benjamin Franklin introduced a plan of union in Albany in 1754, where there would be kind of a central government. You had one, because you know, back then, each colony was like 13 different countries. Um Benjamin Franklin says, "Why don't we have? Uh, it be called like a government."
0: Alan's always calling you.
1: Someone calling me. Um, the, the 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 other delegates all rejected it because they didn't like the idea that they were going to lose their autonomy. And the same thing happened. You know, a- after the Declaration of Independence, we ran through the Articles of Confederation. We were a confederation of states, 13 different states, after we declared our independence. Uh, Most of the delegates at the Second Continental Congress did not want a strong central government. They didn't want to move, they didn't want to have uh, change a dictator 3,000 miles away in London to a dictator in Philadelphia. So they made sure that the central government was weak. Now, after events like shay's rebellion they realized okay maybe you know they went to philadelphia they had a convention there in 1787 let's let's strengthen the the, um, the articles of confederation a little bit more maybe we'll have a taxing authority because we can't have another shay's rebellion well what they ended up with was the constitution they created a constitution we became a federal republic we went from a confederation of states to a federal republic but in it, you know, like George Mason and um, uh, oh God, what, what's his name, James Madison? Those guys made sure they made sure that the federal government was not this overwhelming power; that it was more of like, like a, like a weak homeowners association. I run my own affairs in my condominium. The homeowners association takes care of the grounds, and, and that's it. And they make sure that, you know, your, your windows are compliant. But that, the Homeowners Association and the federal government were, what, you know, that's what the federal government was supposed to be. Now, the federal government runs my, runs my condominium. They, they're now telling me how I should, uh, you know, when I can or, or can or turn off the AC or the TV or the lights. Hey, you know what? You've had the AC down to 77. You need to move it up to 78. That's what the federal government has become.
0: So when input has became
1: a control. Correct. The homeowners association is supposed to take care of the lawn. It's supposed to take care of the gate. It's supposed to take care of the outside bricks, the roof. That's what the homeowners association does. They're not supposed to tell me when I can or cannot watch TV, how long I can you know, how how the, the, my radio, my, I, you know, you've, you've had your fan, your fan is on the highest power. You can't do that. You need to, that's what the federal government has become where the homeowners association now tells me how to run my life. That's not what it was meant to be. We have to go back to the way the, the the homeowner association is right now. That's what we need to do. If we don't, I can tell you right now, we're going to have a civil war. Spain went through the same thing in 19 in the 1930s. It it was a kingdom. It became a republic in 1931. Each person who became who was elected in office would tell all the Spaniards and all, and all the Spaniards were different. They you know, they were like a, a confederation of countries themselves. Uh, the, the Spaniards, did they all lived a separate way. They lived differently, but they just happened to be in one country. Well, whoever became the national leader would impose his will on all the, uh, the Spanish provinces. And that, that pissed off the Spaniards. So whenever one guy is in power, half the country was trying to depose him. And it, it was going back and forth. we got to take our country back. we got to take our country back. Instead of the leader, the national leader of Spain saying, okay, look, we're going to let each province run its own affairs. We're going to run national defense and maybe a few things here and there. Instead, what he, what each Spanish leader decided to do was impose his will on all the states. Well, finally, in 1936, w- with what we have going on right now, uh, I don't know if you heard about like the BLM, some BLM members were marching through Georgia uh, where the those Confederate, uh, there's three Confederates on a on a mountain. It's called Mountain something or other. Well, they're marching with with uh, semi-automatic rifles. Uh, I think there were like 200 of them. Yeah, there was. something to...
0: where they come. Uh, they isolated a part where they wouldn't let any government in, and they just let them take over. Um, I forgot what the name of it.
1: Well, was. well, that was Chad. That was Chaz or Chop up in Seattle, but th- this was something that happened in Atlanta. The, 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 the BLM members, about 200 of them with, with semi-automatic rifles, marched into where the, uh, the, the mountain was, and they were challenging, uh, there, were, there were some white militias, there were some KKK that were there, challenging them to come out to fight. That's going to lead into a war. That's how the Spanish Civil War started. There was an assassination made and then the other side retaliated. And then there were more retaliations until it became an all out war. It's putting the people
0: against each other. Like I said in our first
1: recording, it's splitting the people up. In Lebanon, same thing happened in Lebanon In in 1975. There there's, was an, there's an probably been
0: Well about say there's probably been thousands and thousands of these things that have gone and happened throughout history that we don't even really know about either because we just haven't found the information or it's just not leaked out you know I've come across some stuff I would never even think would happen. But what I'm asking is what's the fix here and you mentioned the whole factor of taking back control? What are steps we can do that? And it's not with rioting. It's not with doing any of this stuff because we're not getting anywhere with that. We're just creating more of a mess. How do we get the people to realize we need to come together and overthrow this thing that's
1: really in power? Okay. I think, and and I've heard this, the possibility of having another constitutional convention. We need another constitutional convention. I've heard Mark Levin discuss this quite often we need to revert back to states' rights. Now, when you say states' rights, the first thing these idiotic morons say is, oh, you're going to bring back slavery. No, I'm not going to bring back slavery, and shut the hell up if you're going to sit and say that, because you're showing your stupidity. We need to have another continental convention. We need to revert back to what the framers intended, because that is going to work. Second, People need to get off each other's asses about stuff, okay? Now, I'm a Christian. I initially opposed gay marriage, not because I hate homosexuals, but I felt that it's going to open up a Pandora's box if the reason for gay marriage is because they are consenting adults. Then using that logic, and that's what was argued in the Supreme Court, using that logic, you can then allow polygamy. You can then allow brother and sister to get married because the argument was consenting adults. What, you know, civilization in general has performed better when you have one mother and one father in both doing their jobs to raise children because raising children is raising adults who are going to be the future leaders. So when the father is not there, kids are going to grow up, not not all of them, but the likelihood of the kids growing up fucked up is going to be more when you have a single mom, rather than you have a stable mother and father who are well, loving to
0: each other. That's the dominant norm I've talked about for so long, is the fact okay. that now we're having
1: single parents instead of having double parents. So. Right. And, 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 and at the same time, now, the problem with mom and dad also is, is that Mom and dad has to pay attention to the kids. When the kids say, Hey dad, let's go play a game, the dad will be like, I'm too tired. uh, I'm watching TV. You go, you go play. Well, no, the, the kids need to have a relationship with mom and dad. So moms and dads, if you get a girl pregnant, you gotta be responsible. I mean, I remember I almost got I thought I got this girl pregnant one time. And you know what? I was like, Look, come live with me. I told her, Come live with me. Let's see if we can get married. Uh, let's see if it will work out. If it doesn't work out, I was going to take care of her. She was going to live with me. We were going to raise the kid together. So I'm not endorsing, well, you better get married if you get to go pregnant. That's not what I'm saying. You just want the
0: stable values of having a stable household. And sadly, a lot of the times when it comes to, you know, honestly, it was better for my parents to separate than it was to stay together. They ended up separating and then trying to get back together. And that didn't work either. Um, some people, you know, they a lot of times nowadays, it's just rushing into things. It's not even about, I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are parents now are just single because that's what their parents were like now. It's going to become the norm. It has became the norm. We lost the family value, which kind of sucks. But when we talk about values here and values change from state to state, depending where you're from, when we look at, and I'm with you on the rewrite of the constitution type thing, like a whole new one. I think that we had a basic idea of things, not bringing back slavery, like you're saying, not doing any of that. It's not what that means. It's more of bringing back those values, the things that meant something that we lived so long for, bringing those back into today's time. Because honestly, we've forgotten of even where to go. Somebody points us in a direction and we just start running without even asking why we're doing it. It's, you know, things are going to get passed. Things are always changing and adding. And it seems like, oh, well, that's fixing this problem. Okay. Well, that problem was created because we voted for the other thing. And then we voted for the other thing. We're causing our own problems here. And we're just adding more shit to try and fix it. And it's like, hold on a second. Instead of stacking all these blocks on top of each other and waiting for the epic collapse that happens, let's take the blocks off instead and figure out which one was placed wrong. Right
1: you know like the the thing i was mentioning i wanted to finish up on the whole gay marriage thing is is that okay gay marriage has now been granted okay a lot of people have gotten married men 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 women women okay it's there right now you can't take that away so i would be against saying you know no no gay marriage okay so that that we've we've already passed that okay there are other things if you don't want to watch a TV show. You can change um, the channel. Bef- before you go into that,
0: you're against gay. You're, no, you're against, against gay marriage.
1: I, no, I, I, I didn't think gay marriage was a smart thing because civilization, when, when you, when you change the definition of a family that, that causes problems. Yes. I, I was, a, I, and it, again, I, you were, I have a were, lot of, is what you're saying though. Right. Were now, I am against against taking away people's rights or their liberties. So now that they have gay marriage, I would be against outlawing gay marriage. Okay, Okay. I just want to make sure that's clear
0: so when somebody's listening, they know that they don't get anything misconfused because I was a little- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I
1: was an usher at a lesbian wedding, okay? My grandmom's
0: lesbian. Shout out to her. I didn't find out until I was in my 20s. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, you know- It was a beautiful ceremony. Uh, They love each other, these two women. Okay, I'm not gonna go and tell them, well, you know, it's wrong. I'm gonna impose my will on you. It's wrong, blah, blah, blah. I have uh, two other guy friends. They have Christmas parties every year. Okay, they're in love with each other. They've been together for 20 some years. Leave them the hell alone. Why is it my business? You know, Jefferson, it was either Jefferson or Adams who said, if a man i think it was jefferson if a man worships 200 gods or doesn't worship any god at all what what does that have to do with me it, you know so what what what's come what's next other than the, the continental you know uh, other than having another uh, constitutional convention people have to change their attitudes in terms of minding their own business get off people's ass if i want to have a semi-automatic rifle that fires you know, that has, uh, uh, I, if I want to have 230 round magazines, that's my business. If I'm not fucking with you, leave me alone. If I want to smoke weed or I want to do cocaine or ecstasy or whatever in my home, in my home, leave me the hell alone. If you want to put a tattoo on your face, that says born to lose. Go ahead. Now, there are consequences for having tattoos on your face. No one's going to want to hire
0: you. But don't be the guy that calls the cops because your lawn is too out of kept or something. I have people in my neighborhood that do that all the time. Your grass is too tall. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. It's that whole thing of you're looking for a issue that you shouldn't even be looking for. Worry about your own life. What What do you care if someone chooses to go down this road? It's the same thing when people smoke cigarettes or something. I'm just like, hey. You know, smoke it if you that's your that's your right to do so. My grandmom is actually dying from lung cancer because of that. And she's committed to it. She says, Let me be. I'm like, fine. I'm gonna miss you. I love you, but hey, you know, you gotta commit to that thing. If you're if you're gonna be a hundred percent to it, I'm not gonna change you. Mostly because you've probably been living it too long. Who the hell am I to tell you how to change huh. your life? We need to stop okay.
1: doing it as people. You're vaping, I've noticed. Um I, I have seen, there was a guy in my, in my company who, who vaped. Okay, I'm not a vapor, but I, if I had a problem with the smell, I would go to him and say, hey, dude, you mind, uh, you know, taking it outside because it's bothering me. Well, there was a guy who reported him to HR rather than just say, hey, man, you mind uh, vaping elsewhere because it's making me sick. I, I listen to a lot of times when, you know, like right now, when, w- when our building is empty, I listen to classical music. I love listening to classical music while I'm at work. Well, somebody wouldn't complain. Come and talk to me. If you have a problem, come and talk to me.
0: Maybe it's because they're afraid of it. The uh, confrontation. Cause it seems like a lot of times, every time you ask something like that, you always get confronted with. Like when I ask people to put a mask on in the gym, because somebody complains to me, then they look at me like, "What? why do I do that? Wait, wait. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's the rule that we have. So if you could do that, like, I'm not the guy that's trying to put you on. You know, it happens all the time. We get people that want to do refunds or something. I'm like, well, policy is this. And then they're like, well, why is that? And they start fighting me on it. I'm like, dude, I just started fucking working here. And you want me to be able to give you everything. But it's either you're afraid of the confrontation or you want the confrontation. And then like, it's somebody's always usually just doesn't
1: want it. But but you have to. We have to learn to communicate with each other. There's um, there's there's a buddy of mine, and, and I hope we're still friends. But but we, we've had some confrontational messages. He's he is one of those that wants all statues all you statues this removed in the first yes. recording, right? And 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 I said to him, you know, there are a lot of people who want these statues left up. No, they have to come down. Why do they have to come down? Why can't, okay, if, if, first of all, I don't understand why a statue would, would offend you if, you know, if you're going to talk about slavery so much, then you might as well knock down Michelangelo's King David statue. It's King David. He had slaves. I mean, is this, is this what we're going to revert to? Um, I, I understand why a lot of the statues were put up. I'm not a Confederate. I didn't support the Confederacy. I, I, I think it was, you know, there was a, there was a movie where uh, Longstreet, who was a Confederate general, said, "What we should have done was abolish slavery first, then declare our independence from the United States and become our own country." That, I think, would have been the smart move. I, I, I slavery, slavery's fucked up. So let's just get that out before somebody starts screaming that I, I support slavery or I supported the Confederacy. Let's try I and
0: stick away from slavery as much as possible. Right,
1: but but. But the, you know, but I knew when I saw that the Confederate statues were coming down, I knew that it wasn't going to stop there. I told people, oh, you're paranoid, you're paranoid. Well, now all of a sudden, you have even the 54th Massachusetts was defaced. You have Matthias Baldwin, an abolitionist, who was defaced. There was a... It was a. Uh, it's all a about guide. push.
0: It's like what we mentioned in the first one. It's all about pushing the line. Once people, you know, get that it whatever, you get granted something next, you know, you're going the wrong way with things. I'm not saying that taking down the statutes is wrong. I'm not saying it's good either. I'm just saying once you, like, you know, with the gay marriage thing, for instance, now we have people that want to be. Any gender they want to be—that's fine too. Uh, if you want to do that, sure. But don't—I've t- seen people tear down businesses with that idea that they won't let me in because I'm—I I don't choose to identify or I don't choose. It's like okay, but when you start ruining people's lives in that way of thinking, yeah. it's not right. Right.
1: So the, this whole imposing—we, this all-or-nothing, unconditional surrender. I'm demanding an unconditional surrender from you. No, that's not going to work. You're going to push people. You you cannot push people, even if you think that you're 100% right, you cannot push adults into compliance, into forcing your will on them, no matter how right you think you are. You have to compromise with people. The Confederate statues, what I have told people is, is that instead of tearing them down, why don't you, I think this would be pretty cool. Why don't you have one statue of the Confederate on his horse and have another statue of a Union general on the other? And, it w- and then you can tell the story of how, uh, you know, Beauregard fought uh, whoever was who's was defeated uh, in, in the, the battle against Beauregard. Um, or you have Meade versus Lee. And you know, if there's a statue of Lee, have a statue of Meade. And then you can talk a little bit about Gettysburg. You can hire artisans or artists or whatever you call them, sculptors, hire them, and and you know put them on there. If an opportunity
0: statu- for education rather than an right.
1: opportunity to lose that act- right. education. Right. Have statues of there are so many black men and women: Phyllis Wheatley, Frederick Douglass. You had uh, 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 W.E.B. Du Bois. Booker T. Washington, all those guys, Dr. George Washington Carver, all those guys contributed in some way to making America a great country. If you see, let's say, I'm not a fan of having a Jefferson Davis statue. I can understand that, but if you're going to have one of him, then have one of another statesman who opposed him, and explain. You can have a little history lesson to explain what this guy did, what this guy did, and 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 leave it at that. That way you're not pissing off so many people. You're now creating an opportunity to teach history. When you start saying that Mount Rushmore is a memorial to two slave owners, you have confirmed what I have been warning people about. And I've been telling people that this is going to go beyond Confederate statues. Philip Schuyler is being targeted because he owned slaves. Caesar Rodney out of Delaware. I don't know if he had slaves, but Caesar Rodney was the man responsible for changing Delaware's um, neutral vote to yes vote, so that we could become an independent country on July second, seventeen seventy six. Caesar Rodney rode through the rain to get to the uh, to Philadelphia to vote in the Continental Congress and vote a yes. He he. He made it so that there were now a majority voting yes for independence. Well,
0: what's your really high- They took,
1: took his statue down.
0: I know. I Look, I, you're, like I said, the doorway thing, we're opening them and then we're not shutting them. What, what the overall thing is, when it comes to education, we do need to be more educated, especially on stuff and topics like this, which is why when I had Dustin on and after talking with him, I wanted to get you on, was the factor of you guys are doing something that is very, very important. Um, people might consider it political people might consider it this, and it's not that what it is, is learning and educating yourself about not only what's going on around us, but at the same time, what has happened throughout history, things that are neglected by the wayside because they weren't seen as crucial details. That might be true if you're writing a textbook. Well, let me tell you something. A textbook is just a summary. And a lot of the times they leave a lot of important shit out. It's like a C minus if you're going to grade it. And that's only because it gets the stuff in there that needs to be in there, the main important features. But what about the other right. things that led to those important features? Right. Look, look, look behind me. Look behind me. You got books upon books upon books. You look like you're in J.K. Rowling's
1: library or something. Yeah. And and this isn't all of them. There's books there. I have I've got books there. I've got books in the other room. I've got books. But it's because they all contribute to the story that's not being told. And that's why it's important that
0: you guys are doing what you're doing and, you know, kind of wrapping it up here. I do want to give you a chance to plug everything, please. I'm a supporter of your show. I think it's awesome. Um, you know, people that are listening, this is our second time recording, uh, this, and I appreciate Alan for coming on and doing the podcast again, even though he didn't have to, especially my pleasure, but I'm going to plan a future episode and I'm saying it now. So it's written in stone. You and Dustin, both at the same time in a podcast, we can get down to even more crucial things because me and you, we've gone two hours, um, almost two hours twice now. So I'm pretty sure if we get Dustin in here, we can get a really good one together and get some more things clarified. And like I said, Alan, I appreciate you for coming back on, man.
1: My pleasure. It's an honor. It really is. Um, If uh, if you want to learn more about what uh, Dustin and I do, Um, First, we we both we're both contributing writers. I do history editorials on the Epic Times. I haven't done that in a while. Um, I need to get back into that. Uh, Epic E P O C H, the Epic Times. You'll find history articles. I'm a history writer for them. Uh, We are part of we are the Sons of History. We've been around for a couple years. We have our own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I do a show. We have have our podcast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Just go to The Sons of History. Our our podcasts come out every Monday morning around 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern. on Facebook, if you go to our Facebook page, the Sons of History, now we have the Sons of History, we have the Sons of History group, but go to the Sons of History, like us, and on Tuesday nights, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, or I might be a few minutes late, but I host Tuesday Night History Live. It's a live broadcast, it usually lasts 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the subject, and, I'll bring up like like last last Tuesday. I brought up uh, the Battle of Saratoga. You know why was it important? A lot of people don't know how significant the Saratoga campaign was. It was probably the most significant campaign in the Revolutionary War. But a lot of people aren't don't know that because they're not taught that. Uh, so Tuesday night, Tuesday night, History Live. Dustin on Thursday, on Instagram. If you go to the Sons of History on Instagram you can watch his video it's called Thursday night live chats or Thursday night chat live or something like that but it's on Thursday night same time 10 eastern 9 central so you know where we we try to we we want to be able to get out information as much as we can we are both conservative leaning and we we admit to that we're not going to hide that but we are Defending the United States, we are defending Western civilization. Uh, we, we believe very strongly in both the United States and Western civilization. We, we want unity. We're not looking to, we are not white supremacists. We are not white as best, it's nothing of the sort. We believe that anybody can contribute to the betterment of Western civilization, the betterment of the United States, And if you do that, I mean, anybody, any immigrant, you you can be gay, straight, white, black, brown, yellow, I don't care, red, um, from any country, Jewish, Muslim, atheist, Christian, whoever, contribute to the greatness of America, contribute to the greatness of Western civilization. And we can lead the way to help make the world a better place. You know, Western civilization, granted, yes, slavery had been in existence for thousands of years but it was countries like Britain and the United States that outlawed slavery, that made slavery null and void. You know, when Britain, when Great Britain made it illegal in their empire, 25% of the world now could not practice slavery. United States, we fought a war to end slavery.
0: You really slavery keep going being... back to slavery on me, right? Can't even just plug the show. Well, it's just got to go um, right back yeah, to but slavery. See, but
1: see, slavery slavery is right now being the defining factor as to America's a bad country. You know, look at Colin Kaepernick's his tweet as to why he won't celebrate the 4th oh, of July.
0: Oh, don't do this. There's going to be people listening like, hold on, I... now you got to go for another hour.
1: Uh, well, I'm not a fan of him. And we can discuss this at another time. But you know, this is why we. This is why we interviewed the Sons of History. We interviewed a Tuskegee Airman. Um, he was Charles McGee. He, he just became a general. He was introduced at the State of the Union address. President Trump introduced him to to the Joint uh, Congress and said, "This is Charles McGee. He's uh, he was a Tuskegee Airman." We interviewed him. We interviewed a guy named John McCaskill. Uh, He's with the Frederick Douglass Museum. Black people helped create this country, made it a great country. A lot of immigrants and a lot of white people who had been here, their family had been here for 400 years. So America is a great country. It's a great country. Western civilization is great. We are apologists for them and we defend them. And And we want to teach history at the same time, not propaganda but teach what is not being taught.
0: And I'll make sure I link everything in the description to make sure we can be able to find you, do your own live videos, and also Dustin's and both of you guys together doing your podcast as well. And thank you for listening to this episode out of the blank and stay tuned because I am definitely getting both of these guys on at the same time to see how this vibe goes.